It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a Wednesday. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It's Wednesday. He's back. Tony Burke joins the show on the John and Tony Dog and Pony show here on this hump day. I know you got a lot going on in your life, but welcome. Thank you for making time. Oh, John, I love it. Just got to always make sure. That, um, unfortunately, a few things come ahead of this. But I thought you it, were retired. Close. I am. I'm more busy now than I was when I was at work. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I'm do not. anything at work. I'm, I'm not more busy because I watched two more episodes of Dahmer yesterday. <sighs> I think I'm going to lose weight. This Dahmer thing might be the best thing happening to me because I can't eat when I watch Dahmer. Uh, I'm seven episodes in now. i got three to go. At this point, i just got to get it over with. Welcome into the show. It is Wednesday, October 19th. I had to look that up because, first of all, we don't know what day it is. Never. Secondly, I certainly don't know what date it is. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. To join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line is open as well. Get your text into the show at 502 414 1450. Tony Burke's locks of the week are six and one after the Michigan Wolverines pummeled the Penn State Nittany Lions on Saturday. You got to be feeling pretty good about your locks. Well, that's the one thing I do feel good. That's why I sent it to you, John. When you're when you're rolling, you got to keep. Wasn't rolling. even here last week, and he still sent me the lock. Well, I just want to make sure my fans out there are making money. <laughs> and I went five and one. Fan, in the I mean, my game. fan, your fan. Yeah, I, I, believe me, I made a little money on Michigan. Uh, I went five and one last week to get back over five hundred. Uh, tough loss there. TCU got to overtime, had a chance to cover, and just couldn't get it done. Um, I talked about this yesterday. It's tough because Oklahoma State had third and twenty in overtime, down seven, and got it and got to the one and scored. Kicked a field goal in second overtime. TCU scores. They win, but they don't cover. You could probably correct me on this, but in the Kentucky game, when Kentucky took the knee, did that? I, I looked it up. I think that had to do with the the over. Uh, that game went under. I know, but that's, if they score a touchdown, Kentucky when they kneel down. Yeah, but that's not one where you. No, but I know. But if you're losing, if you're yeah. losing, yeah. you're Rub going to run a play. Rub it in. <laughs> you got Mike Leach on the ropes. This is for bowl consideration. Good time. Uh, is this a great time for Kentucky to have a bye, by the way? Uh, they needed that win before the bye. They got the win. Now you've got two weeks to get ready for a juggernaut in Knoxville. Yeah, that's a really good Tennessee team. And it's not to get ready for Tennessee. It's more to get healthy. Kentucky, They, the, I read that Jeremy Flax should be back. Jacquez Jones? Jacquez. They, they are looking. I didn't see Jones' name, but yeah, he's, you, he's you know, they talked about, you know, you get Levis another week to rest. Weaver another week. All those guys. So it's a great time for Kentucky, plus a chance to prepare for a really good Tennessee team. And, John, Tennessee did the same thing against Kentucky last year that they did in the Alabama game. They scored on, like, three-play drives. Yeah. And Kentucky would did. score. And Kentucky had the ball at the end of the game with an opportunity to go down and win the football game and couldn't do it. But Tennessee is going to score a lot of points, but you're right. They're going to give up a lot of points, too. Yeah, and what surprises me about teams that play Tennessee is I'm playing a one-deep zone. I don't care what you play up front. Somebody's got to be 25 yards down the field because Tennessee just flies past guys. Take your shots. Yeah, you got to. Um, so Kentucky off this week, Louisville, big game against Pitt, and I, I use the term big game 
with air quotes because this is a game. Cards win this. They are a lot closer to getting in a bowl game. Uh, it'd be a tough sledding to get to a bowl game if they don't win this game at home against Pittsburgh. Louisville is a slight favorite here. What's well, going to be interesting, too, with it being a night game, how the Cardinal faithful show up, because they need a big crowd. They need a good game, and it's it's, it's a decent opponent. So what do you think? you think they'll, they'll show okay, up? Okay, we know Louisville and Kentucky are basketball schools. Now, you can argue if you're a football fan, if Kentucky football fan, oh, look what the Cats are doing, 10 and 2, 10 wins last year, la, 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 la. It's a basketball school. Louisville's a basketball school, too. They're not in the top 25 in the AP poll preseason. They're not expected to have a great year. They're picked in the bottom half of the ACC. I get all that. But new regime, Kenny Payne, Louisville fans excited about Kenny Payne being back. You got Louisville live at Slugger Field Friday night with guest host Jack Harlow. So there are going to be a lot of people down there Friday night excited about basketball. Do they forget that there's a football game on Saturday night? We got something better to do. That's a good question. Um, I'm in the middle here because I don't think it's going to be a sellout by any stretch. But I do think it'll be a decent crowd. I don't think it'll be a bad crowd. Well, I think because it's a night game, the local fans will finally get a night game. Yeah, they want to show up at 3 and 4 o'clock and hang out all day, and then some of them won't go into the game. A lot will go into the game. But more of the atmosphere, and it's supposed to be a nice day Saturday, 70s, and Man, that, that, it's there's not 70 no, at 8 o'clock at night. No, but when you're tailgating, it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about the game. Louisville football is about tailgating, baby. Well, you know this, and we've seen it, and you've actually we've done it before in the past. Now, this was years and years ago. Some people tailgate and then go home, watch game on TV. I did it last year. My wife went with me. I went to – I've tailgated two or three, I think three games. And she said, I'll go. The old place. She, oh, I know. We used to be in that back parking lot at Old Cardinal <laughs> Stadium, and we'd go in that back gate over there on Louisa and that back there and uh, walk out. We go. They, they make us leave during the game. The security would come up and say, hey, you guys got to get out of here. Go to the game, game or, or get leave. the heck out of here, right? Oh, But, yeah, you wonder with the weather. Weather should be good enough, though. I mean, bundle up a little bit. Everybody should be fine. Uh, Louisville's a two-and-a-half-point favorite as we speak. Uh, Pittsburgh has has struggled. Keaton Slovis was good. Then he got hurt. Then he was bad. Then he got hurt again. Uh, they lost to Georgia Tech. It's a Pitt team that's kind of licking their wounds coming in to uh, Cardinal Stadium. And I think, look, you're getting Malik Cunningham back. Uh, Tyon Evans will be a game-time decision. I don't expect him to play, but that running back by committee has, has worked pretty well the last couple of weeks. Um, I expect Louisville to take care of business Saturday. I really do. I do, and I always look at this ESPN predictor by the fans, and they can do the analytics. Right now it's Louisville 60% to win the game and yeah. Pittsburgh 40, and that's about what I'd that put it That seems about right. Yeah. We'll talk about all the upcoming college football uh, later on in the show, including Tony Burke's lock of the week. ALDS yesterday, the Yankees beat Cleveland 5-1 to one to win that ALD Divisional Series three games to two. Aaron Judge with a homer. John Carlos Stanton hit a three-run home run in the first. That's how the Yankees win. They had nine home runs in the series. Cleveland had three. Uh, the question was which team's philosophy was going to win out. Small ball of Cleveland, Yankees home runs. It turns out it ended up being Yankees home runs the last two games 
or what won it for them. Well, pitching in all the series has been really good. And when you get a couple swings with guys that crush the ball, and they were talking about Stanton every year in the top ten, him and Judge hit the, have some of the hardest balls, you know, exit velocity and all that. Stanton's always on there. So your two big guns hit a home run, and Guardians just can't make up, up enough ground there. Yeah, and, and uh, Nestor Cortez pitched very well. The relievers pitched very well, and the Yankees advanced. You brought up Giancarlo Stanton. He's got 10 home runs now, Tony, in his last 15 postseason games. Only Babe Ruth had more in that span. Wow. He had 11 in 15 games. Uh, he strikes out a lot. He walks a lot. But, but when, he hits it. when he hits it, it goes a long way. He had a line drive to the left fielder yesterday late in the game that it was the hardest hit ball of the game. Yeah, it was he just a didn't get it up in the air. Yep. Speaking of hard hit balls. Wow, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Kyle Schwarber, Schwarber. come on down. Hi, you. 488 feet to the upper tank at Petco Park where nobody hits them, 120 miles an hour, miles an hour off the bat. Were you watching it when it happened? I was watching it. Did you see you, Darvish, and, uh, Air, and the uh, catcher, Austin Nola? Nobody moved. Yeah. Darvish didn't want to see it. Give me another ball. Didn't even flinch. I think he knew it was gone when it left his hand because he did not. You know how a pitcher will quickly turn their neck. He didn't do that. Nola behind the plate stayed down and just re- held his hand out for another ball. Schwarber admired it. I give him credit. He didn't admire it as long as I would have because that was majestic. Well, when you hit the longest home run in Petco Park history, almost 500 feet. Good time. You don't have to. You don't have to look at. It. And you know what? They were talking about how. I think it was the hitting coach said he thought Swerber was was ready to have a big yes. game, and they said that before yep. he did those things. So uh, somebody knew what they were doing. Should have had Kyle Swerber home run. Phillies won it two nothing. Bryce Harper with the opposite field home run to give the Phillies the lead. That's his fourth home run in the postseason, and Philadelphia grabs a one nothing lead in the National League Championship ter- Series. I texted our buddy AD last night. Uh, big Phillies fan. When Schwarber hit the homer, I just said, "Wow!" And then in the ninth inning, he's texting me, uh, "Here we go, here we go." And Phillies committed an error, first and second with one out. I said, "Just breathe, it'll be fine." Machado was up, so yeah. they had every shot, but uh, Padres couldn't score. How good I, was the pitching? For I think the this series. Okay, John Smoltz kept saying it. I think we're going to have a complete game in this series. If you didn't get a complete game out of Zach Wheeler last night, you're not going to get a complete game in the series. Right. One hit in seven innings, one walk, got to side in order, one, two, three in the seventh, only had 82 pitches. I don't know what you have to do to get a complete game anymore, or does it even – do do managers say, we're just not going to do that anymore? I think they're just not going to do it because they feel like they can bring somebody in that's, that's rested, that's uh, ready to go, hadn't thrown all those pitches. But on the other side of that too, John – you Darvish was really good. He just gave great. up the, the, the big – Yeah, I mean, you take that away, unbelievable. And uh, like you said, uh, if they're not yeah, – if, they're, if, if if Wheeler doesn't throw a complete game, yeah. Yeah, boom, it's done. And you knew it because when he came out after the seventh, everybody's shaking his hand. So you knew he wasn't coming back in the game. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the, the standard party line. It's not pitch count anymore. It's we don't want these guys to see the pitcher a third time. Yeah, we got you an eighth inning guy and a ninth inning guy. You don't guy. get a third time through the lineup as a starting pitcher because the the theory is now these guys have seen all your pitches, they know what to look for, and we're going to put another pitcher in there. And I think it's 
it's borderline ridiculous. It's like the football coaches using the analytics, John. Sometimes you have to feel things. You can't just look at a piece of paper, and it, it, it's all that stuff. That you know what? Use the analytics, but use your head. Were you watching uh, Sunday Night Football? Yes. Eagles, Cowboys. Yes, most of the Siriano, time. Siriani goes for two, up 26 to 17 there at the end. Makes I, I was, Me and you talked about it. I, I texted you the week left. before. I don't have much hair. I was pulling it out. I texted you the week before when everybody was – I was like, what are they doing? I took out a pen and paper. I said, okay, he's up nine. <laughs> plus, <laughs> one, to make sure. plus one would be 10. Okay, I got that right. Plus two would be 11. So either way, Dallas is going to have to score and convert – and kick a field goal. And if they're dumb enough to go but for But if two, you don't get it, nine plus zero is nine. Two scores. Now it's a field goal and a touchdown you and lose. an extra point, and you lose. I, I don't get it. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> Quit shoving it down my throat. Well, you know, if we make this two-point conversion, we have a 98% chance of winning this game. I'll but take if we, the 80. But if we miss it, we still have an 82% chance of winning. Right. The old Kentucky offensive coordinator for one year, Shannon Crazy. Dawson, said, if it works, you would have loved it. If it works out, you're, I'm not wrong. If. <laughs> These coaches, they blow my mind anymore. Uh, back to baseball. All right. Today, Philadelphia and San Diego game two, 435 uh, in San Diego. Aaron Nola going against his brother, by the way. Did you hear that last night? Yeah. Aaron Nola pitching for the Phillies. Austin Nola catching for the Padres. They face each other twice. Nola's got a game-winning hit, and Austin's got a game-winning hit. Aaron's got a strikeout, so it's one for two. And Austin's the older of the two, right? The catcher? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure. I can look it up. Uh, Blake Snell will go for San Diego. Interesting note about this game. Aaron Nola was 11-13 and 13 in the regular season. Blake Snell was 8-10. and 10. So these guys' records are under 500, but we know that doesn't mean a whole lot uh, in today's baseball. San Diego is minus 120, Philadelphia is plus 100 in that game. So, basically, by those numbers, that tells me it's an even matchup. Must win for the Padres today, Tony? You, it's you, not must, but when you're at home. It's hard to lose those you, first you, you two games. you got to split yeah, at home when you got the crowd and everything else going. And great crowd there in Petco, too. Oh, uh, you're going to see great crowds there and Philadelphia in this series because they, these are teams that aren't haven't been there in a while and uh, passionate fan bases. I'm a little surprised by San Diego. I mean, I watched the, the Chargers the other night, and there were more Denver fans in L.A. than there were Charger fans. And well, I know it's, it's different, but San Diego, they don't – San Diego's a town that doesn't lend itself to – it's not, you know, blue-collar, hardworking, hey, we're going to the ball game, we're spending all of our money to get season tickets here. Not like Philadelphia. Philadelphia, that's what you got. You got, you know, yeah. bar owners and – and auto workers and stuff at the stadium, and this is their life. Well, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's not the San Diego Chargers. It's the Los Angeles right. Chargers. And a lot of fans, and we've seen it even at the at the Rams games, um, have bought those yeah. tickets early or got them through people. And there's been, I mean, crazy number of they fans They don't play in home there. games, the Rams or the Chargers. No, I don't think anybody knows they're there. Night game tonight, Yankees at Houston, game one of the AL Championship Series. Jamison Tayon for the Yankees. Justin Verlander who did not pitch well his last time out in the playoffs, trying to uh, uh, get it back here tonight against the Yankees. Houston is minus 195, so big favorites tonight in game one are the Astros. That one's on TBS. Here's my question. Who is it? Who is harder to pull for, the Yankees or the Astros? 
me or yeah, just, just regular fan? A Non-Yankee, non-Astro fan, casual viewer. Yankees. Who is harder to pull for? If you're a Yankee fan, you love the Yankees. And if you're not a Yankees fan, you hate the Yankees. Yeah, there's no middle line. If you're a baseball fan. A baseball fan. Then you, there's the cheating scandal still there, even though it's you know five years old. Now. Right, but Houston is just not on the chart to me like everybody else is. I think people do not like the Astros for what they did, but I just think people hate the Yankees. <laughs> hey, I don't disagree Yours with included. that. Uh, I don't disagree <laughs> with that. You either love them right now. And Aaron Judge the guy that's easy to pull for. They've got some guys that are really easy to pull for. And he's, well, they got he some guys is. that aren't easy to pull for, uh, namely Josh Donaldson. Well, okay, you got one there. But uh, anyway, that's just my opinion. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. NBA started last night, had a couple of nice games. SEC media days are going on as we speak. Coach John Calipari has already taken the podium. We'll talk about that. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big A. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears, Tony Burke in studio on this Wednesday. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 384-1450. To join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to text the show, you can do that through the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. That's 414-1450. Texter says, thinking the casual fans... Or non-Yankee fans would embrace Yankee players. It'd be like expecting Philly fans not to boo or Boston fans to embrace diversity. Ooh. Yeah. Well, the Phillies, you know, they booed Santa Claus back in the day. They did. They threw batteries at Santa Claus. Yep. Those are Eagles fans. Are Eagles fans different than Philly fans or are they the same people? It's just the same people, John. It's Philadelphia. <laughs> sorry, anybody from Philly. Uh, nah, don't be sorry. They'll just throw something at you. All right, NBA started last night. Go ahead. No, I, I heard something hit. I thought somebody uh, threw Oh, that was a uh, – oh, look out, battery. A battery coming. Um, NBA started last night. A couple of nice games. Celtics beat the Sixers in Boston, 126-117. to 117. Jason Tatum, 35 points and 12 rebounds. Jalen Brown had 35. James Harden looked good. He had 35 last night. He looks like he's trimmed down a little bit in better shape than he was at the beginning and at the end of last year. Joel Embiid, 26 and 15. I watched Joel Embiid, Tony, and I think this guy is going to end up hurt. He is getting banged around. He's got bad knees anyway. He's always getting knocked to the floor or, or at least giving the illusion that he's been knocked to the floor. Uh, but he, I, I don't know how he does it. He, he gets back up, seems like, every time. That was a fun game last night. It was. Uh, now that Celtics you have are good, two TVs, you can watch yes, the, uh, multiple games. I did. And I, I had that on the other television. And, and Embiid is just huge. And he can shoot it, knock three down, and they kicked it to yeah, him. You gotta him. Yeah, you got to guard him. you got to guard him out on the court. You can't just sit back. 26 and 15 and five assists is a pretty good night. But the Celtics, I mean, not the Celtics, the Sixers got nine points. I can't count. 13 points off their bench. And yeah. you're not going to win games getting 13 points. Yeah, I like Harris. I like Tobias Harris. He's good when he's good. i tell you what I think is a great pickup for Philadelphia is P.J. Tucker because he'll stand in that corner, and I don't think I've ever seen him miss a three-pointer from the corner. I know that's hyperbole, and that's probably not true, but I don't remember him missing them. I can tell you that. Uh, I think he's a good pickup, but you're right. Their bench is a little bit lacking. Well, they picked up Montrell. They got him there. And yeah. Trezzled it. He played okay. Yeah, and 
uh, Shake Melton. But look at these minutes for the Sixers. 33, 34, 37, 38, and 37 for their starters. Yeah, it's the first game of the season. Everybody wants to play. Well, I know. And the guy that's been really good and actually didn't play bad last night is Maxie. Tyrese Maxey is a good. star in this league, and yeah. he's not a future star, Tony. He's he a is. star. Starting his third season, um, I know Kentucky fan likes to look at some of these guys and go, hey, where was that when he was in college? He was in college. That's where it was. He was still learning how to play the game, and he only lasted one year in college because he's that good. Uh, same too. thing with B.J. Boston. I expect him to have a really big year uh, this season. But Tyrese Maxey is an all-star. Yeah, he tore it up in the preseason. Did that at the end of last year, and when they they got Harden, Harden was like, "Yeah, we're gonna you, you need to be more aggressive. We're gonna get you the ball." I, he's, he's you know, talented. I'm a Celtics fan, and I said this when they picked up Malcolm Brogdon. I thought that's what they needed. They needed a point guard. Marcus Smart, he does what he does. He's not a point guard. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those guys had to bring up the ball all year long. Now they got a guy that's gonna bring it up set up the offense, get it in the right spot, and occasionally score when he needs to. I'm a big Malcolm Brogdon fan. I think the Celtics got better uh, in the offseason, a team that was in the NBA Finals last year. I think they got better. Robert Williams didn't play last night. He'll be back. Uh, so they're a little little banged up, but I think the Celtics team's as good as anybody. Uh, Brogdon's a steal. He had 16 points and a plus nine while he was on the court. Uh, he's incredible. He's just solid on top of solid, and – to get him to add to that that team, and uh, who was out last night? Somebody was out. Uh, Robert Williams III was yes, out. Yes, okay, I knew Rob. that. I, was, couldn't, I couldn't remember who it and was. And he'll be the starting center uh, when he's back. They they, they uh, leaned on Noah Vonley, the former Indiana Hoosier, a little bit last night, along with Grant Williams uh, inside. Uh, it's hard to guard Embiid with anybody, but it's a lot easier if you got Robert Williams on your team near the basket. Yeah, and that way you use Horford and uh, – uh, Vonley is as yeah. backups, and Vonley would be a good backup for him. But that that was a good game, and the Celtics just kind of took it over. Golden State over the Lakers last night, one twenty three, one oh nine. The game was supposed to start at ten. I was texting Laker fan the Todd father last night, and uh, he was uh, trying to keep his eyes open because you had the the uh, ring ceremony, the hat hung the banner from last year. The game didn't get started till about ten forty. I was about to give it up myself. It was warrior love, wasn't it? It was a whole lot of Warrior love last night. And there's not a lot of love for the Warriors and Draymond Green. We'll get to Draymond, uh, but Steph Curry had 33, Andrew Wiggins 20. LeBron 31, 14, and 8, Tony. Uh, Anthony Davis 27, but those two guys have no help. And if you watch that game, the Warriors were inviting not just Russell Westbrook, but they were inviting all of the Lakers. Yeah, you can shoot. We're not going to put a hand up. You're going to miss more than you're going to make. And the Warriors were right. Hey, a bunch of old guys still, and I know Lonnie Walker's a nice player, but they can't rely on him. And I, I like I've I like always, Scottie Pippen Jr. I do too, but didn't get a lot of minutes. What's last he night. gonna? I mean, yeah. I, I just don't know what he's gonna add. I was looking at the guys that they but don't play. He was play, a, he was a driving dish, driving score guy. He wasn't a shooter at Vanderbilt. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean. They look need at shooters. This bench. That's a team that needs shooters. I did look at the bench yesterday. Ryan Gabriel, awful. Swindler. T- whatever Anderson, Schroeder Reeves, didn't none, play. Pippen. Uh, Schroeder didn't play because of injury and last Christy. night. That'll help. Yeah. But uh, Lakers just not good here. And, Sorry, uh, Todd Father. Over, under, and Anthony Davis games played this year is probably about 50. Does he make it over or under? Uh, what did uh, Charles call him? 
Oh, I can't remember. Something China Doll or something, something broken. I don't know. It was it was hilarious. Anthony Davis is a great player, but you're right. Over and under, John, he's only played like 30 and 40 games yeah. the last two years. Now, Russell Westbrook, they tried him off the bench in the last preseason game. Darvin Ham said, the new coach of the Lakers said, hey, look, Russ, why don't you come off the bench and you can be the leader of the second unit? You can be in charge out there. He didn't like it. He did it. He started last night, and now he's complaining that he's got a hamstring injury why? Because he was brought off the bench in the last preseason game. He didn't know how to prepare. He'd never been a bench player before. His whole warm-up was different, and now he's blaming the coaches for bringing him off the One, bench. I couldn't stay awake last night because two of my favorite players were playing in that game. Russell Westbrook and let the me other look, team. Uh, Draymond. Yeah. <laughs> you call him the turd, I think. Um, I, I heard Barkley, this was two years ago, Draymond Green is like the guy in the boy band who thinks he's the lead singer. But he's not. And he thinks all the girls are yelling for him when he's up there standing next to Justin Timberlake. He He's the boy band guy that thinks he's the star, but he's not. Draymond had four points, five rebounds, five assists last night. Jordan Poole, by the way, 12 points, seven assists. There's a reason the Warriors gave Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins long-term contracts this past week, and they haven't re-upped Draymond Green. And John, it's almost over, Tony. Yeah, and you talked about it, I think, yesterday. They're young guys on the bench. They're they have good, they're man. building their future with Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody. Uh, Moody and uh, the uh, guy kid from, from Arkansas. Villanova. Moody's really good. Uh Vincenzo. They picked him up, Dean Vincenzo and Moody. Those guys, that's a good future. You throw those guys in with, with Steph and Clay and Kevon Looney, man, that, I'm telling you. That's a really good future. That those those guys could win championships for years to come, and it's not going to get to the point because of those guys you just talked about. It's not going to get to the point where Steph and Clay are getting old, and all of a sudden they're trying to carry the team. They're going to get old, and the team's going to carry them, but they're going to contribute with three pointers and uh, you know scoring. Yeah, the off years that the Warriors had with injuries and stuff, help them build this roster up yes. to have a, a bench plus great players. To get uh, uh, Wiseman with the draft pick and Kaminga with those draft picks that they got because they had a bad year and because they traded well, they're set up. Um, are we going to have another Warriors-Celtics final? Or you got anybody else you like? Well, the Bucks are it's always – too early. Yeah, it's way too early. Bucks are uh, – uh, the Sixers can be a team if they can Yeah, I agree with play. that. They were, I, I was impressed last night. I mean, there was just one stretch, late third, early fourth quarter, where the Celtics kind of took over, stretched the lead out. Yeah. And uh, I think they cut it to six at one point but couldn't get any closer. But other than that little stretch, that was an even ball game. Well, you talked about Harden. Harden doesn't look like Grady Ooh. anymore. He looks Ooh. more like James Harden. And if James Harden can be a, a facilitator, how about that word? That's good. Then guys like Maxi and Embiid and uh, – I think Maxi's a stud. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Those guys, they're going to score. Yeah, I agree. I think the Sixers are going to be uh, real competitive. The Clippers are – and look, we're going to find out more about the Clippers because we think – Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are both healthy, 100% healthy now. And if they are, and their their supporting cast can help out here, we're going to find a lot about about the Clippers if they're for real. The odds makers think they are. Well, a guy, you know, they got John Wall, and yep. nobody knows what they're going to get out nobody of John Wall. Knows. But if they get almost John Wall to, to, to just get that push that ball up the floor and spread that floor, that will help them a lot too. And we saw Paul George last night at the ball game. He was at the Padres game. 
that's that's what I'm going to be doing tonight. Uh, you got NBA League Pass free for a week here to begin the season. There's 12 games tonight. I'm going to be flipping around, watching a lot of NBA. I am interested to see, uh, as you mentioned, John Wall. I don't think the Clippers play tonight. Uh, they do not. They will open tomorrow night against the Lakers on TNT. I am interested to see uh, if John Wall plays, and if so, what does he bring to the team? I want to watch the Heat tonight against Chicago. That's a terrific matchup. Uh, Bulls should be good, and Miami. We know we know uh, they got a, one of the best coaches in the league, and Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, those guys can play. Uh, a team I like as a sleeper. I don't know what you think. Uh, Charlotte Hornets. Hornets have been on I the like cusp Paul. of moving towards the top of that, and we'll see. I'm just giving you a long shot. I tell I'm, you, I'm who's, Hornets. I watched a uh, show this morning where a Vegas guy said the the money's coming in on the Pelicans. I to, can see it. To uh, they're young. If it's all about Zion, if Zion is in shape, really good Zion, then they've got some guys on that team that can play basketball. They got Brooklyn tonight, by the way. That'll be an interesting one in in the BK. Uh, two and a half. Durant, Kyrie, I guess you give them a shot here, right? Third favorite player you just named. Kyrie. <laughs> I will not be watching Oklahoma City and Minnesota. Uh, I will say that. A couple of Kentucky guys there. Yeah, Portland, Sacramento, only to see Shaden Sharp. I would watch Portland a little bit, but he'll be coming off the bench. Dallas, Phoenix, Knicks and Memphis. I don't know. Are the Knicks going to be just a doormat again? They, they couldn't get uh, Donovan Mitchell. When they, they wanted to get Donovan Mitchell, they couldn't pull that off. You know uh, a team that I like uh, that was good second half of last year and did pick up Donovan Mitchell? Cleveland Cavaliers. Good young team. Uh, they are in Toronto tonight to open the season. So NBA completely underway. All right, also underway today, SEC Media Days for basketball. John Calipari took the podium at 11 o'clock this morning, so he's long done. Well, I don't no, know. He, I, I don't he know talks a long he time. Might he might still be talking. You're right. A um, couple interesting things. He did confirm the Indiana-Kentucky series is going to begin in 2025-2026 season. Tony, that's four years away. And when they say Bloomington, we were talking off the air. When Kentucky, if they go to Bloomington, that would be, be the year before right? it would be Cal's last year. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. When they agreed to play Gonzaga in the kennel in 2029, a true road game against Gonzaga, I said on this program, Cal's going to retire in 2028 because he's not going to the kennel. He's, he's not a guy that wants true road games against top 25 teams. The only ones he will play, Louisville, because he has to. And then the eight, the uh, SEC Big Twelve Challenge when they have to go to Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, that's other the only than time. that, he's not going on the road to play any of these teams. So now that he's booked, uh, now they're finishing the details. We don't know where they're going to play in 2025, 2026 season. Probably, I'm going to guess game one's in Rupp. Then he retires, and then game the new two coach gets to go to Bloomington. The new coach will get to go to Bloomington. Hey, this is great, not only for NEF fans who've been clamoring for this game for years now, but this is great for both fan bases. Well, we grew up in this era when Indiana, Kentucky, and Louisville were all the best teams. And if you were a Kentucky or an Indiana fan, you, you looked forward to this Saturday afternoon game. And 
lot of times it would be like when we were doing a state finals or whatever, we'd have to you know, we'd, oh, we'd go do it and we had yeah. to get back to watch Kentucky and Indiana play, and it was always a great game. Indianapolis, Louisville, wherever they played it, uh, you know, I, I used to love that. Half the crowd would be wearing red, half the crowd would be wearing blue, and it was, uh, whether it was in Indy or Louisville, it was great. Now you're going to get that, plus you're going to get some home court uh, where you got, you know, 30 got people in Bloomington wearing blue and 30 people in Lexington wearing red. So, look, it's just great for the sport when you have great games. I don't care who the teams are. I agree 100%. Uh, also from SEC Media Media Days today, Player of the Year, I'll give you one guess. Oscar. Oscar Shibway. By the way, Cal did say Oscar did not accompany them to SEC Media Days because of that recent knee procedure, but he said there's no swelling. He saw him yesterday. He's walking around campus. He won't play in the blue-white game, uh, but that he should be ready to go. Lance Ware dealing with a muscle pull. And Jacob Tobin got knocked around a little bit in practice practice yesterday, but Cal acted like these were no big deals. But he's it's acted called, like that before. It's called basketball. People are going to get hurt, just like in football people get hurt. Right, so man. you got to deal with it, and you hope it doesn't happen to you. SEC first team uh, preseason, Oscar Shibway, of course. Nick Smith, the guard, freshman guard from Arkansas. How about that? Uh, Colin Castleton, the 6'11 center from Florida, grad student. He's Son- only 6'8". His neck is <laughs> like makes that him is six so mean No, he's got the longest neck in the world. That's me. They call him the giraffe. Uh, they, Santiago not, Vescovi, the uh, senior guard from Tennessee, made first team. And Severe Wheeler, point guard for the Kentucky Wildcats, makes first team as well. As expected, preseason poll, Kentucky number one, Arkansas two, Tennessee is three, followed by Auburn, Alabama, Texas A&M, Florida seventh. Um, who do you think is number 14? Number 14, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is 12. I'll give you one more guess. Mm, Ole Miss. No, Ole Miss is ninth, actually. South Carolina at the bottom of the barrel here, just below the Georgia Bulldogs. All right, we'll take a break, come back, talk a little college football. We'll get Tony's lock of the week. He's 6-1 and one on the season. And we'll get some other picks as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears, Tony Burke in studio. Final segment, last chance to get through on the Eminem Cartage hotline. 502-384-1450. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. That's how you get your text into the show. Barring um, profanities, then I read the text. I'm fine with it. In fact, Texer says the injuries of the Warriors have also reduced the wear and tear on Stephen Clay. They've missed big chunks of time, so they may be able to play an extra year or two. Good now, point. Nobody ever wants to get hurt, and I get that. But the Texter's right. Clay Thompson spent a year and a half recovering from an Achilles and an ACL. I mean, those are major injuries, but he's younger now in basketball years than his actual age. Yeah, he's a great player, too. And, and, and Steph missed a lot he, of games. He's missed too. a lot of games, yep. All right, college football, big weekend. Let's go ahead and do it quickly. Let's get it out of the way yep. because I want to know when I'm what I'm going to win money on this week. Tony Burke, after Michigan destroyed Penn State last week, is now 6-1 and one in his locks 
Um, you, don't ha- what, you don't have to keep saying it. What I'm happened that one, one week? That I'm what happened one. on that one week? That was Arkansas, and it was one I should have won. K.J. Jefferson got hurt in that game. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's, uh, we'll look at all the games as we go along here in the last segment, but give me your lock of the week. Well, there was two games. Oh, no, you only no, got no, one. No, there was two games, and I chose between right, them, so right, I right. took my lock. I'm going with a nationally, national game on Fox. We've got, to, we've got Oregon against UCLA. I've got Ooh, it at nine or- and ten in the country. And I got Oregon that says minus six. Who do you yep. think I will pick? I think you're picking Oregon. I'm picking Oregon. Because they have a loss. UCLA does not have a loss. They're at home. It's a huge game. And I'll it is take a big the game. Ducks. It's a big game for a lot of reasons, but uh, you know, Pac Pac twelve championship, it's a, it's a big game for the regular season championship. And UCLA is so, getting all the love right now. So that's the way thing. I always go. Whoever, I liked Kentucky last week because everybody was uh, touting Mississippi State, and they're just setting people up in a home game with the team that's hot coming in off the road. I love the home team. So Buck from uh, uh, Iroquois Park, Park, if you're listening, Tony Burke, 6-1, and one, Oregon Ducks. Quack, quack. All right, uh, eight Top 25 teams on a bye this week, including number one, Georgia, number four, Michigan, and number 19, Kentucky. Um, Tennessee's on a bye, too, aren't they? Tennessee they play. plays Tennessee Martin. <laughs> they play Martin. By the way, that there's, I don't, do you have a spread on that game? No, I do not. Because I do not have a spread on the game. That is a <laughs> noon game on the SEC network. UT Martin is four and two. It's a letdown week for Tennessee here after so you beat Alabama. 60. They're still hungover. How many people show up uh, that stormed the field last last week for UT Martin? Because you got Kentucky coming in next. Week. Oh, they're still celebrating. They had to fish the goalposts out of the river there. To, yeah, I don't like, think they're going to use those goalposts anymore. I think they got enough money at Tennessee to get some new ones. Uh, Iowa and Ohio State had a texture yesterday. Send me the Ohio State's going to win forty nine to six. Buckeyes have scored forty five points or more, Tony, in five straight games. They are a twenty nine point favorite. Against an Iowa team that's they three and score. three and has a lot of trouble getting to the end zone, they cannot score. I don't think that's enough points, John. When a team doesn't score and the other team does score, uh, the over under on this game is like forty nine. And well, if the spread's twenty nine, yeah. it should have been like thirty five. So that's thirty nine <laughs> to ten is what they're expecting. But uh, like I said, Ohio State scored. Now Iowa's got a good defense, but Ohio State scores quickly and they score in bunches. They'll get. You'll look at a line score from a Buckeye game, and it'll be nothing, no points in the first quarter. In the second quarter, it'll be an 85-yard run, a 62-yard pass, and a 38-yard pass. And you're going, wow, how'd that happen all of a sudden? Just like Tennessee's box score. Yeah, exactly. Uh, game of the week here, Syracuse at Clemson. I didn't see that coming. No, nobody saw Both that Both teams coming. undefeated. Syracuse ranked 14th. Clemson is ranked 5th. And the Tigers at home – on a noon start here on ABC, or 13.5-point favorite. I really want to take Syracuse. Well, I do, too. I really I know want what you to. Mean. And, but you figure the train's going to derail somewhere. I'll be pulling for be. Syracuse. I will, too. Let's put it that way. I will, too. I would but love I, but to I, see them I, I this couldn't, game. I don't think I could bet them. Clemson got a big lead last week uh, against Florida. Was it Florida State? Yes. And then had to wait, had to just hang on for dear life at the end of that game. I don't know how good Clemson is. I can't figure them out. Can't either. And but at Death Valley playing a Syracuse team that's overachieved, you just gotta 
I mean, I think everybody's going to bet Clemson, so you almost yeah. have to take yeah. Syracuse in that game. Uh, Mississippi State, 7 o'clock game on ESPN, Mississippi State and Alabama. The uh, Bulldogs are still ranked 24th in the country. Bama dropped to number 6 after that loss in Knoxville. Alabama's a 21-point favorite in this game. Mike Leach had some harsh words for his team after that loss to Kentucky this week. He was not happy. Do the Bulldogs bounce back and not win, but keep it close against a pretty angry Alabama team right now? It's a lot of points. Seems um, like it. It seems like a lot of points. So that means you take Alabama. But I, I, <laughs> but I, I do think if big I, Al the fish I, would tell you yeah, that's right because yeah. I think you, you I would take the points just as a casual better, but. It's a lot of points. Uh, and Alabama has – look, they could have three losses, right? They could have lost to Texas. They could have lost to Texas A&M and probably should have lost a couple – at least one of those games. Yeah, at least one. Uh, and they give up way too many points, Tony. This is not your your standard Alabama defense. That's what's amazing to me. And, uh, you know, Mike Leach said there's always a receiver open, so it must have been on Will <laughs> Rogers last week. <laughs> 3.30, number seven, Ole Miss. Can you believe the Rebels are still undefeated? They're at LSU, and they're an underdog uh, on CBS, uh, one-and-a-half-point underdog here against the uh, Lane LSU Kiffin's. Tigers here. Lane Kiffin. Is he yeah. one of your favorite people, too? Yeah, he is. He, he's got such a great personality. Right behind Kyrie Irving? Yeah, great personalities. Uh, <laughs> but looking at that, LSU being favorite, mine's gone to two. Yeah. Yeah. Big out of the fish, we always talk about, would tell you, you got to take LSU in that game because everybody's a casual better is going to take the points in Ole Miss. Ole Miss had a lot of trouble with Auburn last week. They're on the, and that was at home. They're on the road here. It's a, it's a perfect spot for LSU, who needs a win, by the way. It is because Ole Miss, Kentucky had two chances to win that game at the end, and they could have won that game. Then Ole Miss comes back, and Auburn's giving them all they want. So, you, you kind of wonder if, yeah. if Ole Miss is a mirage. Ole Miss still got to play Alabama, too. Alabama, we t- I talked about this uh, Monday. Alabama's in a fine spot. They're okay. They went out. They're going to win the West. They're still going to be in the SEC championship game against pr- either Tennessee or Georgia. And you win, the S- you win the West, you win the SEC championship game, you're in the playoff. No doubt. So – but they give up too many points. Yeah, LSU, I'm sort of with you on that. Brian Kelly needs a win. Uh, he's lost his uh, Cajun accent all of a sudden. He's back to being Northeastern Brian Kelly. But It's a 3.30 game, too, not a night game. Yeah. It's a kind of a night that game. That helps Ole Miss, but uh, it's not a nooner, I can tell you that. Kansas State and TCU, who thought that was going to be a big game? It's 8 o'clock on FS1. Kansas State is ranked 17th. They're 5-1. and one. TCU is still undefeated at 6-0. and oh. And a three and a half point favorite at home against Kansas State. I'm going to take my boy Adrian Martinez, Can't, former Nebraska quarterback, now running the show at the KSU. And they're scoring points, and so is TCU. TCU is usually known for their defense, but they're giving up points. So Max Dugan, the quarterback. I'm going to take in a shootout, Kansas State. All right. Uh, so over is what you're telling me. Yeah, we'll I'm telling. Uh, you know, what's we'll the over under on that game? I'll give it to him one second. Keep talking. Oh, I can't, Tony. You know, uh, fifty four. Well, that seems like a low number for those two teams. Sure does. Um, which scares me, to be quite honest about it. Uh, another top tw- – we already talked about UCLA and Oregon, 3.30 on Fox. 3.30 on ABC, Texas and Oklahoma State, another top 25 matchup, Big 12 teams. 20th-ranked Longhorns are 5-2. and two. Oklahoma State is 5-1 and one at home and a six-point underdog to Texas. 
I like Texas. When Ewers is back, he looked really good again last week. Um, he looked really good against Oklahoma the week before. Everybody offensively looks good against Oklahoma right now. Why is Oklahoma State a six-point underdog? I don't know. Did they that, lose their quarterback. Maybe? That's why I like Texas. I'm not sure on that, John. It's got to be a quarterback issue with Oklahoma. You don't. You're not a, uh, you know, five and one team, ranked eleventh and a six-point underdog to a, the twentieth-ranked team when you're at home. That's just not how this thing works. Um, it's fishy. I agree with you. Uh, you got to lean toward Texas here. 3.30, Boston College is at Wake Forest. Any trouble for the Demon Deacons this weekend? They're 20-and-a-half-point favorite. Nope. That's uh, simple and to the point. Minnesota at 16th-ranked Penn State. Bounce-back week for Penn State. Minnesota's lost two in a row. They they were rowing the boat very well until Purdue came to town. Now they've lost two in a row. But Penn State's only a five-point favorite here, Tony. Sean Clifford came out of that game late last week. They Put another quarterback in, maybe a quarterback issue at Penn State right now. Why are they only five? Well, John, I took Michigan last week because I'm not sold on Penn State. We saw them in person. And the the test, the eye test to me, not even the games, was not impressive. So I don't think either team has played really well, but I, I, I'll take the points and the golfers. The golfers on the road at Penn State. Uh, Cincinnati, noon start, 21st-ranked Cincinnati at SMU. SMU can score, but they're three and three. The Bearcats are three point favorites on the road on ESPN. Close game. I'll take the Bearcats. I like. Uh, I, I'm going. Just I like the coach. That that's a. I think our coach uh, is better than your coach game. Yep. Uh, all right. Memphis and Tulane. Nobody really cares. Tulane is ranked 25th. Did you know the Green Wave were 25th best team in the country? No, but I saw them earlier in the year, and they're pretty good, and that means they're going to lose. They're not going to cover. They're seven-point favorites. just made the top 25. That's when you lose. That's when, when you haven't been there in a while. That's James Madison. And, and you see that number in front of your name, you go, ah, look at me. And then look boom. at us. Boom. All right, Pitt-Louisville, who you got? I'm, I'm going to say two and a half here. I like the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I do I too. I didn't pick them early in the year in this game, but my I will mind, take them Now, early. look, Friday's a long way away. I could change my mind in the six-pack. But right now, I'm really leaning toward Malik Cunningham coming back and having a big game and Louisville scoring a bunch of points like they did against South Florida. Yep, I'm in with you. Uh, Purdue and Wisconsin. This is an interesting game. Purdue can still win the Big Ten West here. They're actually set up to win the Big Ten West. Again, no Michigan on the schedule, no Ohio State on the schedule. They still got Wisconsin and Iowa to deal with, along with Indiana. At Wisconsin, can Purdue go on the road and beat the Wisconsin Badgers, who are two point favorites? Well, Purdue three thirty losses are to Penn State with one loss and lost to Syracuse last play of the game, and they had both of those games an opportunity. I know they could have lost the other games. I'm going to ride the bull and make a trade. You got to say they're, and they've been a good road team so far. Yes, they other have. than that game at Syracuse, actually they they were good that game. They just lost at the end, but uh, yeah, they they've been a good road team. UAB Western Kentucky, the Toppers are four and three. Friday night, eight o'clock, CBS Sports Network. Toppers two and a half over the Blazers. Let's go to the hill. Go to the hill. Toppers were good to me last week, by the way. That big win over Middle Tennessee. All right, we'll recap baseball tomorrow. NFL back in action tomorrow as well. We'll see you then. Thanks to Tony. Thanks to Dave on the other side. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.